Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Break the Bell podcast. And welcome back, Bill. Thank you. Glad to be back. I am glad to have you back sitting so, so close within our social distancing six feet. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, so much closer than where I was a week ago. Yeah, it was it was really disappointing and kind of sad having you so far away and us having to still try to make this thing happen. Yes. And now you are here. We don't have Zoom in between us. Yes. Telling us who can talk over who and who can't. And I don't have to sleep in the conference room. And you don't have to sleep in the conference room. How'd that go, by the way? Yeah, it was a little rough. So there was a mic kind of in my in my back. That <laughs> Did you use it as a pillow? Well, I, I didn't even know who he was, really. Oh, oh, that, oh, <laughs> that mic. <laughs> hmm, there's more questions to this than I, that I want to ask, but... <laughs> Happy bladed 4th of July. It yeah. is. We are recording this on Sunday, which is two days after the 4th of July? Just one, one. day. Just one. That was Just yesterday? Yeah, 4th was yesterday. No, today's Monday. <laughs> oh, shit. So it is two days after. You're right. Man. Uh, all right. We usually, we usually rec- record on Sunday. That's what threw me off. I, I, I'm still on vacation, Brian. I, I am still on something. <laughs> I'm not sure what, but I'll take more of it. Um, happy bladed 4th of July. Happy... Celebration of American freedom, American yeah. um, liberties, and all that fun stuff. People, yes. people fought so we'd have the right to just sit here and run our mouths to you guys and to each other. Yes, and that's why we're here. Um, Bill, what? I mean, you got back what on the Fourth of July? Yeah, we got back uh, about eight thirty Saturday night and uh, unloaded some suitcases and then took the fam over to watch fireworks. Yeah, where'd you catch the fireworks at? Because they didn't. The city didn't have them this year. No, the city didn't, but they did shoot them off at the uh, the baseball stadium. Uh, okay. So we sat out there, but to be honest, like so many people were shooting off fireworks around town. I mean, you could have sat anywhere and gotten a good show. You I mean, mean, illegal fireworks. Illegal like fireworks. The yes. kind that they ban us from shooting off because they're afraid we might blow our fingers off those are the ones oh yes. man and they were impressive oh holy crap bill you are promoting um bad <laughs> shit i know it's funny because you know i since we started doing this i check out all these different news sites you know mm-hmm. and there was one uh al jazeera you know they came out and they're like the united states is practicing a somber fourth of july this year as the virus and and racial tensions run high it's somber it's, so <laughs> it's somber. like uh, apparently they didn't get out <laughs> because yeah. Cedar Rapids was not the only city no, rocking no, no, no. it. Um, we got a couple clips here. First, um, I also saw fireworks. I don't know if they're legal or illegal. I My aunt owns a campground, like one of the kind of uh, camper park campgrounds, like kind of like a trailer court type mm-hmm. campground. Um, and my, my parents have a a camper on one of the sites there. So since they weren't doing fireworks around here, we decided to go to the campground because my uncle sets off a pretty decent fireworks display yeah. down at the campground. And like I said, I'm not sure if that's legal or illegal, but <laughs> it was really cool. So I went. But as you were ta- saying, um, even though a lot of states banned fireworks, banned uh, going out on the 4th of July, um, that didn't really stop a lot of people because here's a video of what California looked like. This says at the top, California government, stay inside, no fireworks. Californians, LOL, hold my beer. And if you can't see this, I'm sorry. Just go look up um, California illegal fireworks and you'll find all kinds of videos of these. Well, here's a reporter reporting on it. 
That looks awesome. That's surprising in California. Usually they're so complacent. Right. You just see uh, the helicopter camera just flying overhead, and there's just probably thousands of fireworks all over the city going mm -hmm. off. Then here also is um, another view, like a sky view from Boston. This one doesn't have any audio, but um, you can just see all over town, just different people shooting up fireworks. It looks like the whole town decided to go in on a fireworks yeah. display together. You know, Americans like their fireworks. Yeah, don't 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 take our freedom, don't take our guns, and don't take our fireworks on the Fourth of July. No. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff we give up, but apparently fireworks is not one of no. them. Well, especially when your excuse is stay home, don't spread the virus. We're not going to do fireworks this year. But go protest and tear down a statue or two. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, that's fine. There, I mean, that's no way going to um, uh, spread the virus, scientists have proven. Um, yeah. But but going to fireworks or going to concerts or going to funerals, that is going to spread the virus. So don't do it. And I think this was just a big cooperative fuck you to everyone so who too. said don't do this because... I mean, like you said, it's all over. What were some, you were reading oh, yeah, off some uh, of the other Las cities. Vegas, uh, San Francisco, Brooklyn, uh, let's see, Oklahoma, um, and Tulsa, which, you know, that doesn't surprise anybody, but like yeah. uh, St. Louis. So, I mean, you know, Americans all over the place just were like, no, we want our fireworks. <laughs> I know, like over in Marion, they don't have the strict uh, fireworks laws that they do here in Cedar Rapids. That's the next town over. Um, I know everyone around there, what I heard was, was you could just oh, yeah. look around and see it shooting off everywhere. Mm -hmm. Nobody cared. Nobody no. nobody gave two shits about it. And to be honest, I, I think the cops kind of uh, loosened up because, like I said, where we were sitting, there was so many fireworks going around, and I didn't see any cops anywhere. Yeah. I know um, Cedar Rapids was implementing like a $675 fine if you were caught. Yeah, but that's I think, really specific. <laughs> yeah. I, I had read that they had caught like two or three. Um, in Illinois, I did see... Uh, let's see if I can find this post because it's equally stupid and ridiculous right here. Perfect. It says, so it's a picture of a, a pickup truck just full of fireworks. And it says proud of our bomb squad and in investigations divisions. Since last Friday, they have arrested and conducted search warrants on three individuals and their homes. Two in Aurora and one in Elgin. So this is over by Chicago, I think, in that yeah. area, where we seized close to 1,000 pounds of illegal fireworks, 1.3 and 1.4 grade explosives. I'm not exactly sure what the grades are, but those just look. that looks like a good time to me. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, and <laughs> if you read the comments, it's ridiculous. It's like, good job using our tax dollars to, to yeah. ruin somebody's barbecue and stuff <laughs> like that. And somebody's like, hey, let me get some of that. I could have a good time with that. And I was going to say, my, my grandpa was a cop in New York, and he always confiscated the best fireworks and then would shoot them off for the family. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Uh, That's what I told somebody. I was like, in other news, local police department puts on a hell of a fireworks <laughs> yeah, <right>. display. <laughs> well, we're going to... Uh, wrap this up pretty quick for this intro because we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, I do want to point out that next week we're going to have a special guest on. His name is Remzo Martinez, and he is a fellow podcaster. He hosts like two or three different podcasts. Um, he's also a best-selling author and a journalist. He is author of books such as How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship, and then one called Stay Away from the Libertarians, which is 
um, kind of, it's not what it sounds like. It's not actually telling you to stay away from it. It's like debunking a lot of myths about gotcha. libertarians and stuff like that. So definitely check out next week. We got a special guest on. Um, he's going to come and fill your ears with some interesting information. You can maybe take a break from listening to us for a couple minutes as we kind of dig into him and dig into some stuff that's going on the, in the world with him. Sounds so good. definitely check back for that. Um, last thing, definitely check us out on social media. We tell us every week. Um, we got Facebook.com slash Break the Bell. That's our Facebook page. Twitter at Break the Bell Pod and Instagram at Break the Bell Pod. I didn't even give you a time to try this week because we got so not. much to do. I'm yeah. sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> definitely go like those. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to um, any of these pages and uh, get our name out there, share it around. Like we said last week, that's how uh, the information gets spread around because, and that's how we can grow because it is a popularity contest. Uh, they they let us do more things the more people that we have subscribed the more interaction we have going on so if you like what you're hearing definitely share it with your friends definitely hit uh, that like and subscribe button on the video or leave a comment on itunes if you're listening through itunes because that also helps us as well on that note any word from you before we kick this let's kick it let's kick it what did you say <laughs> You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What are you saying? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Uh, 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 did you just say? What did you say? You talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Where? We're back. We're back from that intro, and we are ready to get right into it. Got Bill back. Um, Fourth of July is over. We are ready to just dive right into it th this week. And today, um, we got a lot of stuff to cover. Quite a few things, as usual. Yep, yep. It always seems like we have way more to cover than we actually intend to cover. So we're just gonna jump right into it now. Um, we were talking about the, the 4th of July, so I think it's fitting to start out with um, the great, famous presidential speech at yeah. Mount Rushmore. Yeah, they, they're saying it is uh, the greatest speech Donald Trump has ever given. That Really? It, it's that bigly of a speech. <laughs> got so much, so much to weigh that against, so many good <laughs> yes, speeches. Yes, I know, I know. I think, it's aren't tough. They, aren't they, uh, Comparing it to the Gettysburg Address, aren't, aren't, <laughs> didn't I hear that? I'm sure somebody is. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a little bit to talk about Trump's speech. Did you dig into that at all? We watched a, a few minutes bit. of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the biggest thing is it's um it, it's interesting because you know you got the one side. You know, I guess you know the Republicans are saying you know it's powerful speech. It's very unifying. You know, gives them hope for the future. 
And then you got through Democrats and, and then the liberals and they're saying it's very divisive that it's, it's calling out, you know, making enemies of fellow Americans and that he's trying to start another civil war. Right. And, and uh, well, that's, that's basically what, um, everything that's going on in the war in the country right now is you got one side saying, Oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. The other side saying, Nope, that's bullshit. It, regardless of what side it's on, you got, it, it's not, it could have been the best speech in the world. And you'd still have the other side saying, oh, that's garbage, that's racist, that's oh, hateful, yeah. hate, hate speech. He shouldn't have been there in the first place, yep. which technically he probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right, because probably not. it's on the, the Black Hills Indian Reservation. Yeah. And the president the, of the, the tribe that owns or yeah, dwells on that reservation. The Lakota sue they yeah they don't want to, they didn't want him on there yeah they said no nope, nope don't do it because a they don't have the the uh, medical right. uh, facilities that we do to like fight against covid and stuff like that yeah so they didn't want um a bunch well because they knew there'd be a lot of people protesting it right. outside without of it. masks yep so and they didn't want yeah and the uh unfortunately the uh reservations and, and uh the indigenous people, they've been hit really hard by COVID because they don't have the facilities. And yep. so that's what they're afraid that they'd be even more overwhelmed with that. But yeah, the other part of it is that, you know, Mount Rushmore is a controversial place. You know, it's it's built on sacred land mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they don't want it on there. But well, in the treaty that they signed back in the 1800s for them to build on that land stated that uh, the, the tribes would have sovereign rule over the land so technically if they said president trump can't come here right he, he by treaty he's not supposed to be there yeah right and um i wonder i've never been to mount rushmore have you i have i have a couple i mean times. i have when i was four but i don't remember um do they do you have to pay to get up in there and stuff um i don't think we went up in there i think it was closed when we were there oh okay I think there was bad weather or something, or something was going on that we didn't go up in there. So I, I think you do have to pay to go take tours up in there. Yeah, so. see, it's and you know the the tribes don't see any of that, mm -hmm. you know. So it's yeah, it's kind of a, a messed up deal, right? And so um, Donald Trump, in true Donald Trump fashion, said, "Bullshit, I'm going to go anyway." And mm -hmm. a big part of me thinks it's not necessarily just for a patriotism thing; oh, it no. was to ruffle feathers because yeah. that's what he loves to do. Look Absolutely. at his Twitter account. Yeah, right. He, he's like, "You want to destroy monuments? You want to tear shit down? Well, I'm about to give a big speech for Fourth of July right there up your ass." And the and you're biggest, listen to it. the biggest, the the most bigly mon <laughs> monument in America. Yeah, and I mean, his speech. We watched a few minutes of it, and it was all just the same rhetoric, like. America's great. We're making America great. And uh, the far left wants us to or is totally against us and, and blah, 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 which right. a lot of what he said did make sense. Right. Absolutely. A lot of it was stuff that we've talked about, how the left is um, if, if you say stuff that's against what mm -hmm. their ideals are, you you get blacklisted, you get shut yeah. down and stuff like that. So a lot of that was spot on right. yeah well but in doing that he he also not only calls out the media which he's been known to do but mm -hmm. he's also has called out the teachers i know a couple teachers i saw that were just livid because he said that schools have been teaching the kids to hate their country mm -hmm. and they're like what which i mean i you know recently you know finished my history classes for you know 
college. I should be done here shortly. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, my professors gave a very, uh, you know, demeaning view of America, very hateful view of, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. not just like, okay, this is where we fucked up. I mean, just basically saying our whole system is fucked. Yep. And, you know. and I, I'm going to dig a little into our teachers in the second half of this when we get into our second topic mm-hmm. and um, the the people that are put in place as professors and stuff there and mm-hmm. and how this has kind of evolved. So we're definitely going to get more into that. And it's yeah. interesting you mentioned that because I didn't even hear the stuff about um, him talking about the teachers and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there, there were a lot of uh, very angry people on social oh, media sure. after his speech. So. Well, it's it's not like every teacher. It's just like anything in the right, world. It's not yeah. like every teacher is is preaching communism in schools. Right. But there's definitely reason to believe that um, stuff in colleges, in particular, are being taught that go against capitalism, that go against um, the right and stuff like that. There, right. it's definitely a lot of left leaning, far left leaning instructors in the colleges. Yeah, absolutely. So don't don't think we're bashing on all teachers, but. But yeah, I, I definitely see that side, and I, I did mm-hmm. think it was interesting that he did bring up some of those points that a lot of people might even deem conspiracy theories, which, right. which Trump is known to dabble in the conspiracy theories. Yeah, he is. I mean, everybody knows he's a big uh, watcher of Fox News. Yep, and, and a, so. Q, a Q fan. Yep, and a Q fan. So, um, yeah, so there was his speech. Um, he basically, oh, he, he had said that he had imposed... An executive order, right? Yes. That if you defaced a, a national monument, you would receive a years. minimum of ten years in prison. Right. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That is. I'm sure there are people just insanely yeah. outraged Which, about that. I, I was talking with somebody who works uh, security at the university, and they were telling me how they were able to catch the protesters that were tearing up the the um, university, and mm-hmm. they had. Cameras they were able to zoom in on. They had drones flying up above. Oh, no, yeah. shit. They, he said that they had a social media expert so that every time somebody would jump on Facebook Live or something, it would pop on their little map so they knew exa- mm. they were able to track them all the way. Oh, that's crazy. And Yeah, and they said even um, on their the protesters used CBs that they had bought at like Walmart. Mm-hmm. They used like a generic channel, so they were able to listen to their talk the whole time as they were talking about like, okay, we're going to go down on 5th Street now or – you know, do you see any cops? You know that, and and he said they even had plainclothes people that were like, like intermixed with the crowd that were like part of things to kind of like get names and faces and stuff. So really, yeah. So, so, so they had it, a serious operation. Yeah, going and on. That, that's in Iowa. You know, yeah. so I can only imagine where it would be in like D.C. or something. Right. So we got all that going on, all this um up uproar against Trump or. You saw the crowd there, the the woo crowd that right. was all the very stereotypical Trump yeah. supporters with their MAGA hats and stuff like that. Right. Like every glomming on everything he yeah. said, woo. saying, "Yep, woo to everything, woo." Yeah, it's like, right. yeah, <laughs> go get them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that's very stereotypical. That's very but, stereotypical of us. <laughs> but that's that's okay. We we never claim to not be asshole. I think we actually claim well, we, to be We kind of claimed that here. right at the beginning, yes. Yep, so um another part of the speech you didn't hear is he signed another executive order that is going to create a huge huge uh national monument park where they're going to rebuild all the statues of founding fathers and other heroes of America and put them in one, one protected place, place right. where they can't be touched. Oh, okay. That I mean, I can stand by that then. Yeah. I mean, 
it's just like saying, well, put them in a museum where they belong. It, well, it's basically that putting right. putting them in a museum. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, we did have again some more Supreme Court cases. Right. Uh, they seem to be just like knocking stuff out yeah. of the park I, the last well, three weeks. With no baseball, they probably needed something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With all this other shit that's going on, I always say when when there's all this noise going on that everybody's watching. Pay attention to what's going on, like right. what's getting signed into order, what what Supreme Court cases are going on, because, like I said, um, and we've mentioned the last three weeks, there's been two or three yeah. um, things coming down every single week, yeah. like big things, too. Yeah, so that today there was a huge one uh, regarding the Electoral College, which, if you remember, was a huge controversy the last election, because mm -hmm. Hillary won the uh, uh, popular vote, but Trump won the in the Electoral College. So now the law is, or what the Supreme Court has decided, is that you can no longer have a rogue operator, basically. So anybody who's part of the Electoral College has to go vote along with the popular vote. They can't go off and be like, no, fuck Trump and Hillary. I'm going to vote for, you know, Kanye West. You know, they can't do that. So, so there's no chance that if the popular vote gets nominates Trump, that the Electoral College will go to well, Biden or something like Right. That. Well, I mean, based on, you know, how the Electoral College works, you know, like if, you know, like with Hillary, right? Right. How she got the, the popular vote. Um, Trump still won the electoral votes because of the number of representatives in the middle mm -hmm. states, right? But now they could, like, for instance, say, um, say Trump wins the popular vote and the electorate doesn't want Trump to be in there and be like, no, we're going to, we're going to go with somebody else instead, or we're going to cast our votes for Biden instead. Right. They can't do that. Mm -hmm. So, and before just, I mean, we could probably talk forever on the electoral college oh, alone, yeah. but before people start saying, well, let's just abolish the electoral college and just have the, the, yeah. the popular vote. You hear that all the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, stop and think, would you like, uh, places like, L.A. and San Francisco, Chicago, and New York, those four places oh, alone yeah. have enough people to sway the entire yeah. uh, presidential vote, vote. Yeah, just right. based on popu population alone. Right, yeah, and so the Electoral uh, College is really the great equalizer. It gives everybody in the middle that silent majority an actual voice when it comes to elections. So mm -hmm. uh, to me, the Electoral College is very, very valuable. Yep. And you, there was another one about the schools? Yeah. Um, so in Montana, and this is probably going to spread nationwide, but in Montana there was a huge vote um, where they had decided that uh, taxpayer dollars can now go to um, grants and towards um, um, subsidies for students for private schools and religious schools. Before they're, um, you know, because of separation of church and state, they said no kids that went to religious schools are not um, eligible for those funds. Now they've come back and said, no, they can get those. So that opens up a lot for um, not just the religious kids, but it opens up a lot for like school choice. Mm -hmm. So kids can now decide, you know, that maybe in a bad area can go to a better school. Right. Instead of going to the, the shitty um, ghetto school. Yeah. Or like the state colleges and stuff like that, that right. um, tend to, and, some places tend to be obviously less less qualified, I guess, than private schools and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that that's 
awesome because that gives people who are applying for grants and and um, aid and stuff like that the ability to, right. to choose a better school. Yeah, and I you know I've heard a lot of people you know say, look, you want to get rid of systemic racism, open up school choice. Right. It's like Democrats are great on pro-choice for everything else except for schools. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah, and we could. All these topics we could make oh, yeah, entire episodes absolutely. on. Um, I know, like libertarians would say, uh, um, stop tax funding schools right. and let people decide where they want to go, and then the best school, the the school that does the best, would win. Um, but then you get like inner city kids that aren't able to get bust right. to these better schools that are usually like in the suburbs and stuff like that that are still stuck at shitty schools. So um, I don't don't really have place where i stand on that but yeah. i i definitely see that if you are going to spend tax dollars it should be on education yeah so no i agree with that um so keep moving on we have lots of stuff to to cover um we talked about supreme court cases i'm sure there's going to be more and more cases coming out these next few weeks yeah there's there's still quite a few big ones in the next couple of weeks that'll be coming out so yeah. like i said it seems to be the season um yeah leading up to election and stuff like that um yeah i i had mentioned earlier i was curious to get your take uh what do you think about kanye uh announcing him running for president well is it a stunt well kanye isn't short of stunts no, i mean he, he's no. always trying to get in the limelight and he had said back in what last year or the year before when he was a big pro trumper mm -hmm. which i supported mostly because he was saying hey let me have my my free thought uh, right. you don't tell me just because i'm african-american that i have to be blue or or right. democrat um and so on that and that's also what led to your favorite kim kardashian i was just um, gonna say i'm sure kim k had some influence on. <laughs> well that led to her going and meeting with Pre president right. trump and getting the the prison reform laws and stuff like that yeah and um so uh, i've kind of had <laughs> my opinions about him i've never like fully supported him but right. just the fact that he's speaking out is interesting but back then he said he was going to run in 2024 okay. after okay. trump because he was in so much support of trump well now like you said he's come out and announced hey yeah. i'm running in 2020 he has a good chance yeah, which is <laughs> Look, really sad yes looking at the options we have <laughs> yeah uh, and the the funny thing is um joe jorgensen i think had the best chance of any libertarian just because of the times we're in and the the two options we were given. Well, now that that Kanye's out is running, I mean, what where does that leave Joe jo Jorgensen? Right. She's got to get a little more exciting yeah. than than she's been in the past in order to to top somebody like Kanye yeah. with. On top of that, you had um, what's his name? Was it Mike Shadoa? Oh or yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the the rapper from Lincoln Park right. um, just came out and said, "He's oh, yeah, I'm doing that, too. I'm running for president, too. Uh, so we have this big, giant circus to look forward to now. And yeah. It's starting to look more and more like Idiocracy, the movie. Yeah. You ever see that? Yeah. So I'm curious to see who will be affected the most by these guys running. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you got Sleepy Joe, who has been in his basement running this whole time yeah. and just living on the fact that people hate Trump. Right. And we have Trump, who's living on the fact that there are still a good majority of uh, Americans out there that don't support the left at all. Yeah. And so they're going to vote for him hands down because he's not left wing. Yeah. 
And so now we have these two contestants coming out. I'm not even sure which side either one of them's on. I don't know either. I would assume Kanye would be a little more right leaning, although yeah, if would, he didn't completely so. flip back. Yeah. And sounds like from what he said, yeah, he's kind of still right leaning, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so yeah. We will cover more of that. I'm sure once uh, the election. Kinda... I want to see that debate. Holy oh, yeah, shit! Yeah, we're gonna definitely cover that debate. <laughs> so, and then um, we're definitely gonna cover the elections more as it gets closer to November. So, uh, look forward to that because that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I just want to touch on one more thing before we get into our other thing. Is um, you know, with Hong Kong and China coming in, and they've passed some anti-terrorism laws now that really shut down free speech. Oh wow. Uh, they've cleaned out all the libraries and stuff of uh, any pro-democracy books and uh, have, have essentially burned them. And so um, Australia and Great Britain have come out and offered asylum to any Hong Kong citizens. Okay. Uh, and China has said, uh, um, we're going to retaliate if you keep that up. So Really? Oh, yeah. Burning books. Yes. Burning Everything pro-democracy coming soon to a country near you. <laughs> yeah, right. Got that to look forward to. Yeah. So the big news this week, yes. big, 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 bigly news. Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Yes, that is huge. And some people pronounce it Gislaine. Some people pronounce it Ghislaine. I'm going with Ghislaine because a lot of the documentaries I watched this week that was the most prominent. So that's what we're going to call it. So don't, I mean, don't come to us and be like, hey, you're pronouncing it wrong. I, I know I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, some of our listeners I know don't know who she is. So maybe. So yeah, we're going to definitely get into who she is. Glenn Maxwell was the like right hand woman of Jeffrey Epstein, the billionaire financier, uh, pedophile who owned his the own pedophile island. island. Yeah. yeah. I can't and even think pedophile of Pedophile airlines. And yep. I, I can't even remember the name of. Of his island, but it's just Pedo Island or Epstein Island or whatever you want to call it. But um, getting a little into who they are, uh, <clears throat> I would love to dig deep into these people. And I, I think we're going to have to do a yeah, full show on this, be yeah. especially as this unfolds, because there is so much, even just trying to glaze through it for this week, this goes so much deeper than I ever imagined. But Ghislaine Maxwell is, um, she is the She's a British socialite. <clears throat> Excuse me. She's a British socialite. Um, she was, like I said, most known as um, an associate is what they call her, but the the right-hand right. person of yeah, Jeffrey his, Epstein. Uh, his girl Friday. Yep. And um, she was also the daughter of uh, publishing tycoon Robert Maxwell, who was disgraced. There's a lot of weird stuff behind Robert Maxwell, her father. He was— yeah. Like I said, he was a publishing tycoon in Britain. He, um, let's see, he was from Jewish or origins, so he escaped the Holocaust, I guess. Okay. Uh, he had moved to... So Maxwell is not his real name. No, his real name is uh, Jean Ludwig Hyman Benjamin Hoke, okay. changed to Robert, or Ian Robert Maxwell. A little okay. easier for us to say. Yes. Uh, a lot of people back then changed their name. To sound less Jewish when they when they right, fled yeah. Germany, so it, this is his Wikipedia page. I get that it's not that accurate, but this gives us a little bit of idea who he was. Um, he was a British media proprietor, member of Parliament, and a suspected spy and fraudster. Mm, he's originally. I, I take that back. He's originally from Czechoslovakia. Oh, okay. And uh, it says 
Early in his life, Maxwell, an Orthodox Jew, escaped from the Nazi occupation and joined the Czechoslovak army in exile during World War II and was decorated after active service in the British army. So he's in the Czechoslovakian army and the British army. Hmm. So he um, worked in publishing. He built some press companies. He also served, like I said, in parliament. Mm -hmm. He had these big newspaper conglomerates and printing corporations and stuff like that. And um, he also apparently had a bunch of ties with spy organizations, which I kind of mentioned at the beginning there. Yeah. Uh, it says the foreign office suspected that Maxwell was a secret agent of a foreign government, possibly a double or a triple agent. Wow. That, that's, that's impressive. And that guy gets around. No doubt. They called him thoroughly a thoroughly bad character and almost certainly financed by Russia. Wow. Ma Maxwell had known links to the British Secret Intelligence Service, MI6, the Soviet KGB, and to Israeli Intelligence Service, Mossad. Well, he had his faces covered. Yeah, no kidding. So um, it says six serving former heads of, in, of Israeli intelligence in t uh, attended his funeral. Hmm. And then um, the prime Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Shamir eulogized him and stated, he has done more for Israel than can today be said. Interesting. So there's not all this, a lot of stuff out that he did for Israel. Right, yeah. But for the prime minister to say, he's done so much more than we can even say. Well, right. probably because it's all right. classified. classified. Yeah. Uh, he's buried in Jerusalem, too. Interesting. I mean, he was born in Czechoslovakia. He was part of a parliament mm -hmm. in Britain, but he was buried in Jerusalem. So that mm -hmm. says a little bit. Uh, really interesting stuff is like his death. He um he was a kind of a flamboyant character. He uh, was a partier. He had his yachts that he was known for, like parties on his yachts. Okay. Uh, he was discovered naked in the water off of one of his yachts. Hmm. And I mean, there's there's a lot of mystery behind that because apparently he owned uh millions or billions to banks. And I was gonna say it said uh, that he was a fraudster as well. So right. I was curious who he defrauded. Yeah, he um defrauded his own company. He oh. was taking millions from the pension plan of his company Jeez. and he owned a bunch to the banks and uh the banks ended or his sons tried to keep his companies going right after he died, but they ended up folding once they found out he was stealing all this money from pension plans and stuff like that. Okay. So the guy there's a lot to know just about that guy alone. Mm-hmm. Can't well, don't I, have time to dig yeah. that much more into we'll, we'll dig into him more later. <laughs> right. So, bookmark. <laughs> so then, that brings us back to Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes. His daughter, who, like we said, was the right-hand woman of Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. If you don't know who Jeffrey Epstein is, holy crap, you just just Google this guy. Because um, if you don't know him by now, man, you, you haven't been on the internet for the last... Uh, I guarantee there's years. a lot of people that don't know who he is. So, I mean, because I I talked to my wife about him, and she she's like, "Oh wow!" I guarantee I you, no my idea. wife doesn't know yeah. who he is. Yeah. So if if you've heard uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, this is that <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. The the did not kill Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. <laughs> so again, from Wikipedia, Jeffrey Epstein was American financier, socialite, socialite, and convicted sex offender. Um, he, which is putting it lightly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to read through this. We're just going to talk about him. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Jeffrey Epstein. He's this 
Man of Mystery. Um, I watched the it's a newer documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's called what was it called? I can't think of it. Anyway, just Google or look up on Netflix, um, Jeffrey Epstein, and it'll pop up. Uh, but on this, they they compared him to like a Great Gatsby figure. He's just like a mysterious, rich, right. wealthy man. Yeah. Who? Um, he was the guy he, that ever, all the rich people wanted to know. Yep. Yep. He so was. He, he and was he, the hookup. He had his circle of high-profile billionaire friends and yeah. um, politicians and. Uh, corporate executives and stuff like that any any anybody who was somebody knew who jeffrey yeah, epstein was right. all, all the big circles had a connection to epstein yep and the the quite real question is okay so the, the move the show is called filthy rich it's a four-part oh, okay uh, four-hour little mini series on netflix so i watched two of them i watched the first one and the last one okay. last night just to kind of get a little idea about check him. it out so it's Really mysterious how this guy came to be as wealthy as he is. This guy went to two colleges. Uh, he went to Cooper Union, it says no degree, and New York University, no degree. Hmm. After his failed attempts at college, he was hired on to teach math at a school. Okay. How do you how do you <laughs> convince somebody that you can teach math without a college degree. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> well, he then went on to work for some company, uh, some like Wall Street type company, and okay. he had lied about his college degrees. Oh, okay. And the boss, his direct boss found out, and it came down and it was like, well, we're going to have to fire him. And so it, it kind of went back and forth. I don't know if it was his, his smooth talking or what, but it, Pretty much came out as like, well, um, do we want to lose this highly intelligent man and also look like idiots for going this many years oh, without it's like suits? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the show Suits, uh, it's probably based around that. So again, swindled his way into like Wall Street, somehow became this financer. Like he handled uh, hedge funds and stuff like that. Okay. He was a, a hedge fund management guy. Mm-hmm. The only person I have seen that he worked for and managed finances was um, Les Wexner, of the the co- the founder of Victoria's Secret, okay, and okay. L Corporation or whatever it's called. So, direct, <clears throat> directly linked to this Les Wexner guy. This guy here, if you listen to some of the uh, the women who came out and dropped charges on on epstein this guy here was like the head of the snake this was they were like arm in arm and um so publicly they say that epstein was using his connection with wexner to uh to get to tell people that he was like a modeling agent so he was using his his connection with victoria's secret and saying hey i'm a i'm a modeling a talent scout for Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. and that's how he would get some of his girl his underage girls to to come back and yeah and <clears throat> it sounds like i mean he is more of a patsy and kind of a money launderer for these big guys yeah and that's that's the big thing it's just like you got this guy who's got this like what they're saying now is like 
a ring, a sex trafficking ring, right? That knows all of these big wigs, mm-hmm. that works directly for a big wig, and you're telling me he was the the head guy? No, he was he was like, yeah, he was kind of the dealer. He was the drug right. dealer. Yeah, yeah, he was the face of it. Yeah. So, and that's why, after he got arrested, um, you know, he committed suicide. Yep, supposedly. <laughs> So um, I'm watching that de- documentary and watching some other documentaries. The first people that came out and accused him, these women, they were like 13, 14 at the time. And he lived in, um, where did I say he was from? Shoot, Palm Beach, right? Uh, you did not say that, but Palm Beach, I believe Florida. that is where he's from. Yeah, he lived on Palm Beach. Uh, he lived on Billionaire Avenue or whatever it's called, all these billionaires had mansions on this island known as Palm Beach. Even Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago is on Palm Beach, and he had connections to Donald Trump. He was a regular attendant of Mar-a-Lago for a while. Mm -hmm. And so West Palm Beach is lower class. It's like trailer parks and stuff like that. Yeah. So somehow... When the first accuser came out, like she was brought there by a friend. So a friend came to her and was like, hey, we're going to go make 200 bucks giving this old guy a massage. And so they would go there, give him a massage. He would roll over, have no clothes on. He'd right, proposition, end up having sex with these girls. They, And it was really sad to me because I felt like all these girls, well, they're women now, probably in their 30s. When they're describing it to him, they're almost like having to give excuses to why they stayed. They're like, well, I felt like if I left, he was going to hurt me. I was terrified and right. this and that. Regardless of if they left or didn't or wanted to leave or didn't want to leave and just stayed to make the extra money, mm-hmm. you're not in the wrong. He's in the wrong because you were 12, right. yeah, you 14 were years old. Right. Right. So he basically had a pyramid scheme going on for these massages and basically prostitution, his own personal prostitutes, because he'd offer girls 200 bucks. They give him a massage. One girl states that when he tried to have sex with her, she turned him down. He's like, Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. But if you bring me a friend, I'll give you $200 for every friend you bring back. So it became like kind of a hierarchy. Like the ones that weren't willing to have sex were still making money by bringing their friends into the mix. It was really disturbing to me because um, I saw a video of the FBI questioning this girl, and he had told her, he's like, well, you you know you committed a like a class two felony for mm-hmm. pro- like propositioning prostitutes for this man. It's like, this is like a 14-year-old girl. Right, yeah. Like, she doesn't know what that is, and she's scared out of her ass anyways. Yeah, she has the courage now to finally come forward, and right. this is what you're dropping yeah, right. on her? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. Nobody else is gonna want to come forward. They know they're gonna be pressed with class two felonies. Right. Right. So I think that kind of all got blown, oh, like blown over. No, none of them are being charged. But mm-hmm. just for him to even bring that up, I'm just like, dude, you you suck at this, like really <laughs> yeah, bad. Right. So um, this was back in I think 2001 when he was first. Uh, they first started investigating him because. Right. One mom called and said what was going on there. She was like, my, my daughter went over there and he tried to like have sex for her for money and stuff like that. So they started 
investigating him for a while because they knew over there on um on the island where all these rich people were mm-hmm. they're all kind of super protective of what goes on around oh, them yeah. it's not that they're trying to cover it up but they just don't want that that tarnish on that area there right yeah so um they kind of had to proceed with caution and then investigate it for a while right these are powerful people right so so they and they they were taking pictures and surveilling and stuff to see like who was going in and out see if anybody else was connected Mm -hmm. finally it came down that they were going to arrest him and when they did um he must have had an informant of some sort because they said all his computers were gone from the house the mansion all there's just like bare wires where there used to be computers mm-hmm. and stuff, so they didn't get as much that time that they wanted to. Yeah. So he was arrested, and the first time he got a major slap on the wrist was all. All these people came forward. They had probably 20 women or 30 women or something coming forward saying that this and that happened. Some people were accusing that his... Um, big wigs that he was hanging out with, like uh, this one woman, her name was um, Roberts, Virginia Roberts, and she called out. Uh, she said she saw Bill Clinton there. Mm-hmm. She was one that no surprise there. What's that? No surprise. There. No, she was one. She wasn't one that just came and gave a massage. She is saying that she was one that was like shipped around for these big wigs. Oh, okay. So she was taken to the island on multiple occasions and to several different residents and um. Like I said, she called out Bill Clinton. She said she saw Alan Dershowitz. Oh, yeah, yeah, the lawyer. And uh, the big one was uh, Prince Andrew. Right. The the Playboy Prince is what they call him. Yeah. And so all this stuff going around and her calling out all these people. I'm not sure how this chick's not dead. I was going to say, yeah, with Epstein dead, I'm not sure how she's still alive. Right. And other people calling out. Uh, there was this one artist whose sister was taken on this tr- like she went to work for Epstein. She, I think they they met her at an art expose or something that she mm-hmm. was in, and she was like she was of age at the time. She was out of college, just out of art school, but her sister was only like fourteen. So the Maxwells liked her artwork, ended up hiring her to do some stuff. Well, then she ended up working directly on Les Wexner's estate. Oh, wow. And painting art for, and it was all like, um, it was all young girls, like half nude and stuff. It wasn't, oh, but it wasn't, wasn't sexual. It was just supposed to be like portraying like, oh, sure. um, yeah, well, it, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you say it's not sexual, right. but in her, what they told her is it wasn't sexual. It was like portraying, these young girls like coming of age and stuff like that. And her sister though, like they asked Jeffrey Epstein asked if she had a sister and she said she had this 14 year old sister and she's into this and that. And so he in his heart decides to help her out saying, Oh, you want to get into these big schools? You, you should go travel to Thailand and to this place and to that place. So she is directly traveling with Jeffrey Epstein and his party. He ends up molesting her and molesting the sister and so she wasn't allowed to leave Les Wexner's estate unless they told her she couldn't and she even like claimed that there was like snipers and stuff like that in 
in the bushes. Oh, wow. Sharpshooters that if you left that she knew that she was not going to make it. And she even yeah. thought at one point she was going to get, get killed. So, um, what's that? So what were you looking at? Uh, I think there's a bug over there, but oh, okay. that's all right. Um, so yeah, we got all these, these people that are coming out against these big shots Yeah. and there's stories like Vanity Fair went to write an article about Jeffrey Epstein and they interviewed all these girls. Well, Vanity Fair ended up cutting out all that stuff and made Jeffrey Epstein look like this big shot playboy guy. Oh. And this was before his arrest. Mm. So fast forward to when he was first arrested. Um, you can chime in if you want. I know I'm just throwing a lot of it. I'm trying to cover a lot. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, you know, he's got this famous airline, you know, which a number of celebrities have been accused of. Uh, Tom Hanks, unfortunately, Steven Spielberg. Um, well, they have the the black book. Beyonce. Yeah. Was there like a thousand names in that yeah, book? Yeah. I mean, something? but also politicians, Obama, um, mm -hmm. Bill Clinton. Trump. Trump um, have all been accused to be associated with this guy. Right. And so um, he, yeah. So, you know, anybody who, I mean, this guy is toxic now at this point. Everybody's trying to divest um, their connections with him. You know, he was arrested a um, couple times. But, you know, the last one, of course, is the one that is the, the biggest. Um, well, I, I, I'll get there. The first one, I, I take that back, was 2005. Um, a woman contacted Palm Beach police and said her 14-year-old stepdaughter had been taken to his mansion by an older girl, like I said. And um, she was paid $300 to massage him, but she was stripped naked. Like, that was the other thing. The girls would massage him, but they were required to take their clothes off. Um, so, 2005, he was arrested after all this... Um, surveilling and stuff like that for months 2005 2006 uh, it was 2006 because he pled not guilty in 2006 in august it says it, he goes to trial and he ends up getting this plea deal of the century and the um the way it worked out was alexandra acosta who was at the time the u.s attorney for the southern district of florida mm -hmm. um, he agreed to this plea deal with alan dershowitz of course. Who was his lawyer. Or he helped him negotiate. I don't know if he was directly Epstein's lawyer, but he uh, helped negotiate this plea deal. Uh, so it said to grant immunity, the plea deal was to grant immunity from all federal criminal charges to Epstein, <clears throat> along with four named co-conspirators and any unnamed potential co-conspirators. They all had blanket immunity from federal criminal charges. That's insane. Through this plea deal. Yeah. Epstein got off with 13 months in prison, and then he had to file as a sex offender, I think only in Florida, though, oh, where really? he was arrested. And so it didn't carry from state to state, or he wasn't, the state didn't require that he reported it or something. That's they crazy. didn't report it because after he got out of prison, I know he spent a lot of time, he had a vacation home in Arizona, I think, Arizona, New Mexico. Right, yeah. Because uh, I believe there's a statue of him in New in a city, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, uh, I think I don't know if that was real. I think that was somebody. No, oh, was, was it playing a prank? Yeah, oh, I think okay. somebody painted a mannequin to look like him and nice. planted it. And but still, in New Mexico, he had, um, but he didn't report himself as a sex offender. And from what I've heard, 
he was still trafficking girls in and out of his mm. place down there, and then also on his island where he has pretty much immunity now, there. He, I'm curious, does it, did they tie that? Remember, they found a couple years ago that uh, that camp, encampment that they thought a bunch of children were being held. Um, I've it, talked about that on another podcast, and I don't know how real that was even oh, at this okay. point. Gotcha. So. I want to doubt it if it was real, but it got blown up to be the biggest LARP oh, gotcha. of the world. But there's a lot of weird, creepy shit in New Mexico, so yeah. it could have just got swept under the rug. That's we true. need to look into that more and see where that's gotten to. But last I had heard, that was just a big LARP, and they just kind of sure. um, brushed it under the rug. Okay. So Epstein has kind of had this immunity for all this time. Well. Uh, Acosta was nominated for different spots on Trump's board. Uh, oh. One was the uh, the Secretary of Labor. And in 2017, 18, whenever he was nominated for this, some of the senators started like digging into stuff and realizing this this plea deal that he helped work out. And it came out. And then uh, the Miami Herald... Uh, released all the information about this plea deal. The defendants, the the victims, knew nothing about because it was sealed. Okay. And when Acosta wrote it, Epstein's lawyer made sure that it was sealed until the verdict was released. So they couldn't push back against it or anything. Wow. They weren't allowed to know anything about this plea deal. That's crazy. And so this came up. My, that Miami Herald wrote this long expose about it and and all the stuff that Acosta did. Acosta ended up stepping down from his job in disgrace because of all this bullshit with this with mm. this plea deal. Yeah. And then uh so I, I don't know if it went to the Supreme Court, but went to court and they overturned the um immunity and stuff like that because uh they violated the victims' rights. Okay. Because the victims are required to know Right. The elements of the plea deal. Okay. And so it got overturned, and almost instantly after that, they were, they went back and picked up Epstein again in, okay. in 2019. So 2019, Jeffrey Epstein's arrested, and all these charges come down on him at this point. And Ghislaine Maxwell took off. She just vanished when he got when he was arrested. Nobody had a clue where she was. Supposedly, according to the FBI, recently. They said they'd pretty much been tracking her the whole time. Oh, okay. They were trying to see who she was getting in contact with, who any co-conspirators were oh, wow. at the time. They were tracking her. Yeah, so for the last year, they've been kind of, or at least six months, they've been kind of hunting her down and keeping an eye on her before they, within this last week, went into the... She bought this big old mansion on hundreds of acres in New Hampshire. Was that it? Okay. And... Uh, she paid in cash through an anonymous source. Oh, wow. So she didn't want anybody to know. And the real estate agent said the one question they asked is, what were the flight patterns over this this territory? Because they didn't want like a lot of flight traffic over Huh. You would think that property. would raise a red flag. Right. Wow, I really like the color of the fence. Um, What's the flight patterns over the house? <laughs> <laughs> right. So 2019, he's arrested. He kills himself in prison, supposedly. Right. Killed himself. Supposedly. This guy who is known for blackmailing all of these 
bigwigs, all these high prominent people. Yes. And he could potentially get the, another plea deal of the century, but it's not going to be like this slap on the wrist here. It's yeah. going to be start start writing down names right now. Yeah. And before that happened, he was gone. Right. And but I mean, the conditions of his suicide were just sketchy as fuck. Yeah, sketchy as fuck. Well, <laughs> video was was lost for that area. The cameras just didn't work in that area. Right. Apparently. Yeah. And then like um, I think uh. The guard themselves, I mean, were like, what, not the usual guard in that area and stuff? I mean, it just was one thing after another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, well, the guards fell asleep. They were supposed to be checking on him every hour, I think. Yeah, because he was on suicide watch. Because he was on suicide watch. Um, They had fallen asleep, hadn't checked on him in eight hours, I'm pretty sure. Eight freaking hours. Then he hung himself with his bed sheet. There was no trauma indicating that he jumped from Mm -hmm. his bunk so they're saying that he leaned forward and just right. choked himself out but the trauma to the the area that he choked said that it was not like typical of a hanging it was more typical of a like a strangulation a strangulation yeah because well, yeah, there's two bones or there's a, a bone that runs right across um your trachea i can't think of the name the hymen bone no that's not it no it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> not the hymen <laughs> whatever there's a bone there I don't know. There's a, It starts with an H, though, I think. Okay. Um. Anyway, there was like three fractures on that bone. Yeah. And it's either, like you said, uh, a sign of strangulation or a sign of hanging by, like, right. falling into the noose or whatever. The sheets he had, there's no way that would have held him if he did fall mm-hmm. because they're basically like toilet paper sheets because he was on suicide watch. Right. But for some reason, they're still declaring it a suicide. Yeah. Um. So, Epstein's dead. It seemed like hope was gone at that point. It's like when he was arrested, it's like all this stuff's going to come out. This mm-hmm. big sex ring's going to come out. These big shots are going to face judgment for what they've done. Right. Yeah. What everybody's saying they've been doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he dies and everybody's just like, well, that's over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This week, though, Ghislaine Maxwell arrested. Yes. What victims. St- person victim state is the most like self-centered person they've ever met the most like um self-righteous like everything's about her she's a a sociopath and a narcissist yeah right and and she um yeah she was basically his uh epstein's like Mm -hmm. madam like she was kind of the you know, provocateur, kind of this lady that helped organize these girls coming in and out. Not only that, there was one girl that said she wasn't comfortable with it. So Ghislaine Maxwell was in the room at the time, started taking off her own clothes to make this girl comfortable. She was like grooming them. She was a groomer. She was a provider and who knows what else she was. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, the, like I said, the victim was saying how much of a narcissist she was. Mm-hmm. She was like, there's no way. She's not going to turn on all these people to save her own ass, right? Because the only person Glenn Maxwell cares about, about is Glenn Maxwell, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be unfolding more and more throughout yes. as we go. Well, unfortunately, they've they've put her in the same jail that Epstein was in. Mm-hmm. They've already come out and said that she has COVID. No, that was a that was fake. Too. Oh, was it fake? I, I licked all this stuff on. Yeah, I know. I I had to fact check a lot of this stuff before yeah. I came on. 
Yeah, um, there's stuff spiraling around Facebook that she was announced to have COVID. That that's oh, okay. not real. But she is going back to. She was just transported back to the same New York prison. I'm pretty sure that Epstein yeah. was in. She was in a better staffed, better quality prison in New Hampshire. Yeah. But she was charged in New York, so they had to bring her back. Okay. And she's supposed to see a judge. They're trying to get her to see a judge on Friday. So by next week's episode, we might have a little more information okay. about um, what's going on with her, uh, if she's going to start dime dropping and dropping names. Now, I had seen that um, she had come out and said that um, she had um, a stash of like secret sex tapes that Epstein had made. That would not surprise me. Um I do, I do know when Epstein was arrested the second time, they, what during the bail hearing, they were trying to get like $500 million bail. And then they were basically like, whatever he needs to pay, get him out on bail. But they did find like troves, like thousands of pictures in yeah. a safe of nude women. Most of them were underage. And then also diamonds and passports and stuff. So they declared him a, a flight risk. So I didn't hear what she had. But I guarantee you she had a lot has a lot of damning evidence on that. Yeah, so this topic. is um let's see. It says uh police have found tapes and other evidence when they raided the house and arrested him, but the contents remain a secret. Now that we have a bombshell report that claims Maxwell has a secret stash of Epstein's sex tapes that she will use the tapes to save herself. Alan Dershowitz came who is close to Epstein said of the tapes, I hope Epstein made videos. There have been suggestions that Epstein made videos of all the men who had sex in his house and planes. I hope he did and that they are revealed because they will prove that I'm not with them. <laughs> He's only trying to cover his own ass. Oh, that's all absolutely. he fucking cares about Oh yeah, is covering his own ass. And that's all of them, too. You know oh, they're yeah. all oh, shit in their oh, pants right knows. now. All, I mean, every yeah. one of them that's ever had any association with him, even if they didn't have oh, yeah. sex even with girls. They, yeah, even if they shook his hand, they're like, fuck. Well, like every when he was first arrested, Trump came out and was like, I haven't had any association with him in like 15 years. Bill Clinton came out and was like, it's been over a decade since I talked. And yeah. It's like, of course. Yeah, of right. course. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like I said, um, we're not, we don't have time to completely dig into this whole thing. We just wanted to kind of update. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know who these people were, these are bad people. Yeah. This goes way deeper than we could it, even it come close. It implicates to a large part of Hollywood. It, a large part of Washington D.C. of you know internal politics within like some of the bigger cities, major corporations, and international. Like we said, uh, Prince Andrew, you mm -hmm. know, the party prince is also implicated in this thing, and who knows how many other foreign dignitaries. And before we go to break, um, Prince Andrew decided to cooperate with everything back in 2019, 2020, some time ago. And he went on to interview with BBC News to kind of give his side of the story. We have a little clip here we wanted to play just to show. Um, if you didn't believe that Prince Andrew had any involvement in this before, after this interview, you're just looking at him like, dude, dude, you were there. You were fucking there. <laughs> because this girl, um, Virginia Roberts, is the one, like I said, that accused him when she was 17 of meeting him in a club. She said he danced with her in a club, sweated profusely all over her, and then went back and had sex with her. And he vehemently disagrees with this. Um, 
if you're clicking through this video, you can. I was just trying to find little parts of it, just clicking like every four seconds, and it was like every four seconds, it was just him going, "No, yeah, no, absolutely not, no recollection, no recollection." Click four more seconds. No, that that never happened. Click, absolutely not. I would yeah, never do that. It, it's really funny, actually. It, it is. I mean, this video, like I said, is BBC. It's called Prince Andrew and Epstein Scandal, the Newsnight interview from BBC News. So go check it out. But I am going to play a couple clips on here because um, this guy is clearly scummy and he's clearly lying out his ass. So let me pull this up. She says she met you in 2001. She dined with you. She danced with you. You bought her drinks. You were in Tramp nightclub in London. And she went on to have sex with you in a house in Belgravia belonging to Ghislaine Maxwell. Didn't happen. Do you remember her? No. I, I, I have no recollection of ever meeting her. Um, uh, I'm almost, in fact, I'm convinced um, that I was never in tramps with her. There are a number of things that are wrong with that story. One of which is that is that I don't know where the bar is in, in um, <laughs> tramps. Of course. Um, uh, I don't drink. Um, <laughs> the party I, prince I does I not drink. Ever right. bought a drink in tramps uh, whenever I was there? Do you remember dancing at tramp? No. That couldn't have happened because the date that is being suggested, I was at home with the children. How could you possibly remember where you were? Especially on a night where you were at home with the children. 15, what, years ago? Yeah. Or, I, I have a night with the kids like 90% of the year, and it's like, I, I couldn't tell you what day it was. Absolutely that I did not. That, There's no, no way. I, I was at home with the kids that night and back yeah. in the 90s, obviously. <laughs> I mean, so that poss couldn't possibly have happened. Yeah. So there's another clip that cracked me up the most. It reminds me of Austin Powers when they're going through his personal belongings and they're like, one male Swedish penis pump. Oh, that's not mine. <laughs> one instruction book for one male Swedish penis. Oh, no, I, that's not mine. One registered license that says Austin Powers. <laughs> no, no. That's <laughs> uh, obviously not mine. So here's this next video or section of it. That night, she described dancing with you and you profusely nope. sweating and that she went on to have bath, there's a, there's possibly... A, there's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat. Um, <laughs> I didn't sweat at the time. You sweat now. Was, <laughs> yes. I didn't sweat at the time because I... Um, had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at, uh, and I simply it, it was it was it was almost impossible for me to to, to sweat. Oh dear God! That's one of the you know that that's a different way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it couldn't be. I, I don't sweat. I it, I have a medical condition, and uh, it's, it's impossible. Like, uh, your fingerprints were found at the uh, scene of the crime. Uh, that that's impossible because I have this medical condition. I don't have. I didn't at the time. I didn't have fingerprints, yeah, but I, since they're, then they're good now. Since then they've grown back. Yes, yes. Conveniently, yeah. But, but back then I didn't have no, fingerprints. No. Uh, well, yeah, that couldn't have possibly happened. So, uh, 
I mean, like I said, this is a, a quick breeze through Jeffrey Epstein and the story. Um, there's so much more. Definitely dig into it. Find out this information for yourself. Because like I said, there, like Bill found out, there, there's misinformation going around. You, yes. you got to actually dig into it and see yeah. what's real and what's not. And obviously some things that could be real, people are going to say, well, that never happened because um, of cover-ups and, and yeah. that kind of thing. But uh, we're just going to leave it at that. Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested this week. That's a big thing because that opens up all these people possibly being implicated again when we yeah. we all thought that this was a closed case when Epstein right. killed himself or was suicided or what have you. But now now we're back at it. Guess what? Um, she has all this information that Epstein would have had, maybe possibly more, mm-hmm. if she was his plan- his day planner then she might know more than he even knew about it. Yeah, and, and like we were talking about earlier, I, I think the, the pedophilia angle from this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. I think this goes, like I said, Epstein seems to me like he was, you know, laundering money, that he was cooking books. I mean, it just seems like this goes a lot bigger than that. Well, I had read on his Wikipedia page, people accused Epstein of being an Israeli asset. Oh, really? So, and then a lot of the accusers are saying that Ghislaine Maxwell, or Ghislaine Maxwell, however you pronounce it, is um, an Israel asset, one of their top assets. So Mm. this could go far, far deeper than we even could possibly imagine. Right, yeah. But uh, I think that's all we got for that for today because we do have some other stuff we want to cover after the break. We're going to get into the break real quick. Um, I don't think we had anything else really to cover on this. No, I don't think so. Okay, so be right back after this break. Definitely come back. Uh, We're going to change courses here, but definitely uh, going to keep following this case as it progresses. Like I said, Friday is when she's supposed to appear in court or they're trying to get her in court. So uh, we might have more information by next week. Hopefully she makes it there. Hopefully she doesn't kill herself. So we are going to head to break right now. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net. All right, we're back from break, and we are actually going to switch courses uh, completely because we had a topic we wanted to talk about last week, but... Bill, with you on vacation, um, we decided to kind of push it back so yeah. we weren't just glossing over it and not uh, really looking into the information and getting everything we could. So yeah, uh, we're kind of running along the same kind of theme as, what, two weeks ago when we did the, the 1984 mm-hmm. episode and compared the parallels to uh, socialism, or not socialism, but communism and um, fascism. fascism and uh, the revolution of russia and the Mm -hmm. communist party and stuff like that uh 
we're going to kick this off. We're going to actually dig a little deep into Black Lives Matter. Hopefully that doesn't offend you all too much, but I think there's a little more to Black Lives Matter than what we are actually being shown yeah. in mainstream media. So I'm going to kick this off with just this little video clip here before we really get into it. Yeah, one of the things that we're seeing right now is the amount of protesting going on for George Floyd's death and Black Lives Matter really bolstering itself up. Do you think that Black Lives Matter is doing a lot of good for young African Americans in our country right now? Okay, in 2016, I gave a CNN interview. I was debating a, a, an attorney in L.A. named Ariva Martin. And at that time, the uh, five police officers in Dallas had been slain. And I pointed out, because I'd gone to the Black Lives Matter website, that they were Marxists. It looked like, you know, that the planks came from the Communist Manifesto. They were talking about overthrowing the state. And at that time, I said that Black Lives Matter was a destructive force in our society, and it was a problem. And I caught a lot of grief for saying that. Now the um, founders of Black Lives Matter, they've come out, they're they've come out as Marxists. And what I see is people not being able to discern between the statement Black Lives Matter, in the same way that all lives matter, they can't distinguish between the, the slogan that's a true statement and the organization that's Marxist. And I believe that the organization itself is using black people to advance a Marxist agenda. And the corporations, the schools, the churches, the people that have gotten behind Black Lives Matter, the organization, they think they're helping black people. They think they're showing support for black people, but actually it's the opposite. Yeah, why do you think that so many people? All right, I'm going to leave that with that. Um, there's a, quite a bit more to this video. It's a 26-minute video. It's a uh, good one if you have a chance look it up. Yeah, definitely go check it out. Look it up. I'm trying to see. This is on PragerU. It's called Black Lives Matter is a Marxist Movement. So look it up. Um, I'll try to link it in the show notes. So you can check it out. Uh, we kind of, like I said, we want to just kind of dig a little deep into who Black Lives Matter is, who they say they are versus what what's actually seems to be going on. Yeah. And, you know, it's you know a lot of people that have gone to the protest um, with their Black Lives Matter signs and stuff. And, you know, I think it's awesome to be involved and. It's important to make that declaration, but um, you know, there's there's other hands at work. There's uh, another agenda that's in place, and uh, the organization is kind of reaping the rewards of the whole movement. Right, and uh, we we've kind of talked about this whole time for the last five six weeks now that there is more than one agenda at play here. Like the majority of the people who are protesting are protesting police brutality right and protesting uh the disenfranchisement of african america mm -hmm. african americans and um protesting like civil rights and yeah. all that stuff but other people who have are higher heads in the organization it seems like they possibly have a further agenda to the very least that uh <laughs> that the majority aren't privy to yeah, no, I agree with that. And, you know, these the this agenda is, goes deep and it reaches back um, long, long ago to other movements that were going on. This is just a descendant of that. 
mm-hmm. working to build upon that and and continue towards the goals that those other older um, movements had, and we'll touch on that. Right. First of all, we want to sit talk about a little bit of who uh, the mainstream kind of portrays who Black Lives Matter is. Uh, this here says Black Lives Matter is an organized movement advocating for nonviolent civil disobedience and protest against incidents of police brutality against African-American people. Uh, an organization known simply as Black Lives Matter exists as a decentralized network of over 30 chapters in the U.S. and sister organizations worldwide, while a larger Black Lives Matter movement exists consisting of various separate like-minded organizations such as Dream Defenders and Asada's Daughters. I haven't even heard of those. Says the broader movement and its related organizations typically advocate against police violence towards black people as well as various other policy changes considered to be related to black liberation. Asada's Daughters. Asada Shakur. Oh. Which we'll get into later. We'll get into that. Interesting. Yes. So in 2013, the movement began with the use of the hashtag. We all saw it back after uh, Trayvon Martin was shot to death in 2012. Uh, in 2013, um, after George Zimmerman was acquitted, the hashtag Black Lives Matter was released on social media and immediately blew up. And it was uh, the hashtag was formed by one of the founders and the three founders. Mm-hmm. What were the names? You have their names. I do. Uh, hold on. All right. Uh, it is Patrice Cullors, Alicia Garza, and Opal Tometi. Right. And they are the originators, like I said, of the hashtag and then the call to action. And they are actually prominent figures in the greater Black Lives Matter movement now to this day. So, yes, they started the hashtag, mm-hmm. started the call to action, but now they are in the the centralized yeah. <laughs> segment of and this. What's interesting is um, now they, they've they reached prominence enough that they're actually getting in front of the camera. You know, like you said, this or, this started back in 2013 and they were pretty much kind of st- stayed behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. But now they're kind of getting out in front and taking charge of things. So, I mean, there's empowerment there. So as this states, what everyone believes them to be is just this um, nonviolent civil disobedience protest group yes that protests police brutality and other right issues so, with, systematic racism that right. they believe exists in in the united states right and well the, globally because it right. is a global movement yep because now you have uh, black lives matter global isn't right it? yeah the overall encompassing organization is even though it states here that it's a decentralized network well it, it's it's really not if you have yeah. something called Black Lives Matter Global. Right. Uh, and you can you can donate to, and it supposedly goes to chapters, local chapters, which we'll cover that and how much is actually going. Right. But um, that, that's just kind of who you think they are. But who, like, at the core, they seem to have a broader uh, sense of beliefs, a broader belief system than what uh, you would ever really hear like on a wikipedia page or from just a protester in the street what like if you went out and asked what is black lives matter you're not going to hear some of the stuff but you had a list of all these beliefs that supposedly um 
they came out with and released. Right. So their mission statement on the website actually says, Black Lives Matter began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism. Our intention from the very beginning was to connect black people from all over the world who have a shared desire for justice to act together in their communities. The impetus for the commitment was that still is and still is the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on us by the state. They go through mention Trevelle Martin and Ferguson, and then they go, um, every day we commit ourselves to healing uh, with each other and to co-create alongside comrades, allies, and a family culture where each person feels seen, heard, and supported. We acknowledge, respect, and celebrate differences and com commonalities. We work vigorously for freedom and justice for black people and, by extension, all people. We intentionally build and nurture a loved community and is bonded together through a beautiful struggle that is restorative, not depleting. We are unapologetically black in our positioning and affirming that Black Lives Matter. We need not qualify our position to love and desire freedom and justice for ourselves is a prerequisite for wanting the same for others. We see ourselves as part of the global black family and we are aware of the different ways that we are impacted or privileged as black people who exist in different parts of the world. It goes on to mention a couple of different things. Um, they get uh, a little bit off um, as they talk about um, gender identity quite a bit. Um, but then it goes and says, um, we make our spaces family friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they may mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Um, we cultivate an intergenerational and communal network free from ageism. We believe that all people, regardless of age, show up with the capacity to lead and learn. We embody and practice justice, liberation, and peace in our engagements with one another. That reminds me of that Dumb and Dumber when uh, <laughs> when uh, Jim Carrey's character goes, you know, it's true what they say. Even the old are, are old and are useless and, and incapacitated. They still serve a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. The part of that that I think is really interesting to me is when they get to the, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. They kind of leave something out of that, right? Don't fathers, they? Fathers. Yeah, and I mean, they're. It sounds like they're very much against like the traditional mother father. Mm -hmm. Well, they clearly say disruption of the nuclear family. Like we don't need this mother father. Uh, right. Yeah. Kid, uh, family setting that's been yeah. popularized in cultures for yeah centuries. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting you talk to, you know, most experts in the, you know, that look at, um, you know, sociology and, and culture, and they'll tell you one of the biggest problems why there's a, you know, in the black community is that lack of fathers. Yeah, and um, Candace Owen came out and said in a, a panel with some rappers and some mm -hmm. other prominent uh, African-American people, she was kind of debating with them. She had said the biggest issue is um, this fatherless generation right. right now. And then um, we had talked about before that Obama came out and said, right. 
yeah. the biggest problem in the African-American culture yeah. is this fatherless society. Yeah, and then there's a video where even Denzel said, you know, he grew up on the rough streets and the only reason he made it is because his dad was there. You know, and so the fact that they want to cut the dad out of a Black Lives Matters movement tells me right there that they don't have the, the full, you know, scope, the full, like, well-being of the black culture in mind. Well, it's interesting. I'm not going to focus too deep on this, but uh, two of the founders are um, either bisexual or uh, gender fluid or right. uh, transsexual or something of that nature. So yeah. it would make sense that they don't the see main the value of father. Right. That the main founders being that, whether you agree with it or not, um, that they would not see, yeah, like you said, a value of having a father figure around. Right. No, and, and you know, feminist movements in general, you know, generally, what was that book um, that uh, Glory, Gloria Steinem had said that uh, uh, bi- a fish has more use for a bike than a woman has for a man or something like that? Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's sounds about similar there. Um, but talking about the founders... Uh, you can look these people up. We mentioned who they are, but um, the founders themselves, I mean, you can say that every right-wing person or every Republican is going to say that a left-wing organization such as Black Lives Matter is communist. You, I mean, you can throw that out there because it is thrown around way more loosely than it should be, especially in the since like the 50s with the communist care. Oh, everything's communism. This these people are self-proclaimed trained Marxists. Yes. So you can't come back and be like, "Oh, that's just a right-wing conspiracy that they're they're a communist organization. They're pushing communism," because this woman said, "This is Kalors. Is that what her yeah, last name was? Yeah, Kalors said myself and Alicia, one of the other co-founders, in particular, are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists." And then um, she goes on to say. Uh, says that same year, Tometi was hobnobbing. I'm not sure. This is probably white, uh, right wing. Mm-hmm. This is New York Post, so they're bashing on her hardcore. But it says she was hobnobbing with Venezuela's Marxist di- dictator Nicolas Maduro, of whom the r- regime she wrote, because she did go down and spend some time in Venezuela. One right. of them did. One of the founders did. In these last 17 years, we have witnessed the Bolivarian Revolution champion participatory democracy, and construct a fair, transparent election system recognized as among the best in the world. So this person, one of the founders, was down in Venezuela, and she is championing for, and like saying how great Venezuela was. And look at look at Venezuela now. Yeah, I was going to say, and if you haven't paid attention to Venezuela, it is a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> then we talked about DirecTV executives getting arrested down there for saying we're not going to do business down here anymore. Right. So, like we said, these founders at the center of what this is are declaring themselves trained Marxists. They are trained organizers, and um, they are pushing these Marxist ideologies. And one of their main goals is to um, basically overthrow the system that we have today and bring up a more... Marxist style mm-hmm. society. I mean, you can't be declare yourself a trained Marxist and an organizer and not have the end game be 
change things to Marxist ideology. Yeah, and you know they espouse two main Marxist uh, uh, philosophies. The first one is the Marxist uh, definition of racism, which is a permanent thing. It's not something you can really get rid of. And they look at um, they look at being white as um, like property. If you watch the PragerU video, the lady will get into this. That that and that is why they're requiring people to divest themselves of their whiteness to be part of the movement, mm-hmm. because by doing that, you're giving up that privilege, that that property that you were born with as being white, and you're you're taking on the movement fully. The other part of that is that uh, Marx really believed in uh, conflict theory, which was that. There is only a limited amount of resources in society, and the different levels of class battle over those resources. And so by the um, poor basically, um, you know, fighting for, you know, what they can, it's, it's them against the higher classes. And so they're really espousing kind of a class warfare, which, you know, it leads them back to the socialist ideology. Mm -hmm. And they're also really big on this black liberation theology, which is kind of a a Christian offshoot where they believe that, you know, Jesus didn't so much come to free for the sins, but came to free from the masters. And so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Huh. I had not heard that part of the black liberation movement, but, um, Oh, which goes back to my BLM thing right. that we were talking about. <laughs> that, uh, you know, how we talk about the left is really big on symbolism, and BLM, the Black Lives Movement, is similar to the 60s Black Liberation Movement. Which was another um, more aggressive uh, activist group from the 60s during right. the Civil Rights Movement and during um, a time when there was all these other groups going on, which we're going to cover several of these groups coming up here because um, you had kind of alluded to it at the time or earlier that uh, this is just kind of a continuation of some of these movements of the sixties and some of these more aggressive uh, counterculture um, activist groups that, that were responsible for bombings we're responsible mm-hmm. for riots. We're responsible for um, just all this uh, crazy shit right, going yeah. on in the 60s. Absolutely. Uh, so to, before we get there, though, we kind of just wanted to to kind of prove or kind of give credence to what we're saying here. We're not just making all this, mm-hmm. this shit up. Uh, we kind of followed the money trail a little of yeah. uh, donations to Black Lives Matter because apparently Black Lives Matter isn't a... A certified, uh, right, it, tax it, exempt. Right, yeah, it's not a um a nonprofit, yeah, you know, organization. Right, so um they can't take these nonprofit donations because they're not certified nonprofit organization. So instead, they go through other groups mm-hmm. that are nonprofit organizations. One is named Thousand Currents. The other is Act Blue. Act Blue, which, which is, is um Democrat, Democratic. Like a GoFundMe for like Democrat um, uh, causes, right? So, so in reality, when you go to Black Lives Matter page, 
and you go to um to send donate money, money to donate money uh you'll get a receipt kickback or whatever mm-hmm. in your email and it will actually list thousand currents as the person you just donated to yeah which is directly connected to act blue like you said yes and is also you had said connected to what was the tides foundation which is a george soros organization which again we will get to at some other point right we don't want to journey down that rabbit hole (laughs) but just focusing primarily on this thousand currents thousand currents is um I guess you could say, I want to call them the parent organization, but they are at least where all the funds go through. I'm trying to find yeah. it. Here it is. But so here's their website. Looks nice. Yeah. You see above and beyond solidarity fund supporting grassroots action against COVID-19. So they're fighting against COVID-19. Which, how can you hate that? Right. How? Possibly could you? And then also this one here is a Black Lives Matter banner. It says, we will not be intimidated into silence. We continue to stand in solidarity with the change makers who are fighting for a racially just and equitable world. If you scroll down Thousand Currents page, though, you can see these solutions that they help fund. One is food sovereignty. It says, stand with people who are creating healthy, cost-saving, high yield and sustainable food systems and then alternative economies stand with people who are reimagining wealth and putting people and planet behavior what's that say or sorry planet before profits hmm. sorry that's really small print and i'm having a hard time reading it um so that right there is redistribution redistribution of wealth right absolutely um this is uh food sovereignty like collectivist mm-hmm. mindset food like food system climate justice stand with people who are protecting mother earth and responding to the climate crisis so you're donating to black lives matter how much of that money do you suspect is going to black lives matter or going to any of these other Right. programs or these other ideologies i would call them yeah mark like clearly marxist communist ideologies oh, yeah. yeah um so is it all going it, are you putting on there hey i'm donating to black lives matter is that going straight to that or is a parent company like thousand currents saying well we're going to decide how much of your money is actually right. going to go Based on what we think is important. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, and Glenn Beck has a really good video on this. You can probably find on YouTube. But so you got Act Blue, which is this kind of GoFundMe thing for Democrat causes. So say you take 100 bucks that you want to put towards Black Lives Matter. So you donate on their page, you click 100 bucks. So it goes to Act Blue. Okay. Act Blue will take that. They take $50 and they just take it off and they, they put it over in another fund. Okay. They move the other 50 down the line, which gets to 1,000 Currents. 1,000 Currents takes that money. They'll take, say, 25 of it, put it towards miscellaneous causes. They'll take the other 25, move it down the line to Black Lives Matter. Right. Then Black Lives Matter Global will get it. They take $20 of that. They'll put that towards consulting fees and traveling fees. And then and staff the, and whatever right, they Right, administrative. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll take that five dollars and they'll move it down to your local chapter of Black Lives Matter. So what what did we 
see that like six percent of six all donations actually makes it to yeah. your Black Lives so Matter not five local. bucks, six bucks. Yeah, so six percent of what you think you're donating to this cause to help the African American community is actually making it to your African American community, local community. Right. So you donate a thousand bucks, sixty dollars makes it back because the rest is funding. All this big old pyramid trickling. Right. Well, and again, some of it is going into the shadow money, you know, which, you know, we you have don't no really idea know. where that goes. Right. And Candace Owen has suggested that she feels like the whole thing is a money, money laundering thing for the Democratic Party, which, which who knows? Who knows? I mean, she's a diehard Republican. She's going to say that. Right. But where is that money going? Right. If If it's not getting to... What they're saying, or even what they're reporting it's getting to, there's right. there's unreported money there yeah. going and bit, somewhere. And again, this is not something that, you know, nor people that are going to, you know, donate that money even has a clue of. Right. You know, because so. they think they're donating to this, what we read off of Wikipedia, this um, nonviolent protest against police brutality. Yes. But you're really, possibly, most, the majority of that's going to, uh, forming alternative economies, climate justice, possibly the Democratic Party. Right. Who knows? Yeah. So there's this big shitstorm going on. No accountability whatsoever of where this money is going. And um, yet we are supposed to just buy this at face value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, the uh, one of the vice presidents of Thousand Currents, what was her name? Oh, Susan Rosenberg. Yeah. So... Back again to connecting the dots with these these 60s activists, far-left movements. We have uh, this woman who is the vice president. She was one of the members of the Weather Underground. Right. Or um, the May 19 communist movement. Which was an, an offshoot right. of, of Weather, weather underground. underground. Yeah. And so what the Weather Underground is is um, one of these activist groups from the 60s. So I'm going to read a little bit. It started with the, the Student Democrat Society, which is SDS. That started in the early 60s. Um, it was founded, like it, it says, students. It was like a college-based thing. Um, it was a national student activist organization in the United States during the 60s and was one of the principal representations of the new left. So this is kind of when you're seeing like the right. the evolving of what you the Democrats were or the left was, progressives were to this new left, which was like borderline Marxism because we had all these communist uprisings in other countries, right. like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And this is its bleed over into the United States now. It says uh disdaining permanent permanent leaders. Um, high, hierarchical relationships and parliamentary procedures, the founders conceived the organization as a broad exercise into participatory democracy. Um, from, it was launched in 1960. It grew up to about 30,000 supporters by 1969, which they had annual con like conferences every single year. By the conference in 1969, which was actually the final um, SDS conference, um, Again, this was a bunch of different groups, all collectively in one, known as SDS. 
and they're all kind of fighting for power and which direction they should take it. And then in 1969, the Weathermen, which became the Weather Underground, um, kind of took over, and they were the more like militant side, the more mm-hmm. aggressive. Um, they didn't believe in nonviolent protesting. Right. Yeah. And they actually there there's a video that remember we had seen where there is a guy who went undercover as an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there talking about how they're talking about, okay, so what, what do we do after we overthrow the government? And they're like, obviously, we'll have people that are going to push back against us. Right. And they're talking about, oh, well, we'll do re-education camps and we'll, we'll, we'll convince them to come along. And he's like, well, obviously, there's going to be people that aren't going to come to Earth thinking. What happens to them? And they're like, well, obviously, we're going to have to execute some people because mm-hmm. there's always going to be those dissenters. Right. So, So we got this group. Known as the Weathermen now, in 1969, and they're listed as uh, a radical left militant organization uh, founded on Ann Arbor campus of the University of Michigan. Again, starting out in colleges, right? Very similar to what we were talking about uh, the Occupy movements, starting out on college campuses, becoming a much broader right. activist movement moving away from the colleges. Yeah, and this talks about a white militant Mm -hmm. in conjunction with the Black Liberation. Yep, it says, the founding document called for a white fighting force to be allied with the Black Liberation Movement and other radical movements. So this was what maybe we would consider like Antifa today. Yeah, you see all those white kids running around burning police cars and stuff. Yeah, they think they're allying with this black liberation movement. Um, and again, this was a highly militant organization. This was yeah. not your just protesting. Their their big thing was because there was one uh, scheduled protest. I can't remember the city where they were. They had fully planned to just completely cause this chaos. I Maybe oh, that days of rage. Yeah, that was the days of rage yeah. um, because their whole goal was look, we're not going to march down this line like they want us to. We're not going to carry the yeah. signs like they want us to. And for this designated time that they want us to, they're going to think we're going to do that, but in reality, we're going to mess some shit up. And they definitely did. And like we said, it was called the Days of Rage, yeah, which was one of the first big things when SDS merged to the Weather Underground mm-hmm. or the Weathermen. So it was one of their first... Uh, after splitting from SDS. Right, or, and it was uh, Bernadine Dorn and uh, Bill Ayers that kind of uh, led the, the leave to uh, the Weathermen, right? Yeah, yeah. They were the two prominent figures of it. Um, Bill Ayers said in 2003 that the Days of Rage was an attempt to break from the norms of kind of acceptable theater of here are the anti-war people. That was a big thing, that they were right. anti-Vietnam War was another. So they were fighting against... Fighting for, like, the black liberation movement for, like, rights for African Americans. And they were anti-Vietnam War. Huge part of it. So it says, um, breaking from the norms of here are the anti-war people. Containable, marginal, predictable. And here's the little path they're going to march down. And here's where they can make their little statement. We wanted to say, no, what we're going to do is whatever we had to do to stop the violence in Vietnam. Their whole goal was, um, at one point, was to bring the war home. Like, Mm -hmm. you see all this shit going on in Vietnam, 
let's see what you, how you feel when it's on, mm. at your own doorstep. So, like I said, they were blowing stuff up. They were yeah. their mindset was any American is guilty, right? Like and spe- specifically white people, even though they mm-hmm. were predominantly white, they were all any any American was a target because they were guilty because they. If you weren't standing up with them and protesting against the war or against the things they were protesting, then you were guilty by association because you weren't doing anything about it. So that is the Weather Underground declared a um, domestic terrorist group. That's why they went underground Mm -hmm. because they went into hiding. The Weathermen were only supposedly made up of only like 30 people. SDS yeah. had like 30,000 members. The Weathermen were yeah. like 30. And they they had written a manifesto you can find online called the Prairie Fire Movement. Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty uh, pretty scary stuff. Um, but then they, an offshoot of them, after the Vietnam War ended, they didn't know which way to go. Right. And then that's when this May 19 communist movement broke off. Before that. Okay. Sorry. Before that. Because, like I said, they were everyone was a target. Right. At one point, they were making this big ass bomb to blow something up. Something went wrong, and it blew up this townhouse that they were making the the, oh, the bomb right. in. Killed several of their members, and then a f- the rest of them had this awakening: like we're doing this shit wrong, because we're not any different if we're just targeting indiscriminately uh, anybody. And we're just killing people here. We're not any better. Right. So at that point, they decided they're still going to blow shit up, but they're not. their whole goal was to not kill anybody. So they would call ahead and like 10 minutes ahead and give like a bomb threat mm-hmm. and make sure the area was clear and they'd still blow shit up. They blew up uh, um, several monuments. Mm-hmm. Did they blow up the Capitol or was that the May 19th? No, that was May 19th, yeah. But, yeah, still, the Weather Underground were still responsible right. for years. Didn't they blow up a post office? Yeah, yeah. It was all – anything that was kind of um, symbol, symbolic of the government. Right. Yeah. Um, their goal in 1974 was to create a revolutionary party to over, overthrow American imperialism. Does that mm-hmm. sound like anything we read earlier? Right. Yeah, exactly. One of the goals of Black Lives Matter was to get Trump out of the office yeah. and um, form – a Marxist ideology right. of a government. So definitely seeing the parallels between the two here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, when they, like you said, after Vietnam ended, they had, they were just kind of off in all different directions because they were all kind of combined because of Vietnam. And then afterwards, someone wanted to like, Get jump onto like women's rights. Right. Some wanted to jump on gay rights and stuff like that, but they couldn't come to an agreement, so they kind of disintegrated. Um, several of them got arrested. Bernadine, uh, what's her last name? Dorn. Yeah, Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers were both arrested and charged, but because of uh, illegal wiretappings that got them arrested, they were released scot free. Most of them were all released scot free. But then you get people that branched off into another branch, which is what you were going to talk about. Right, yeah, the May 19th Communist Movement, um, which was named May 19th because it was the birthday of the uh, the communist leader of China at the time, Ho Min-chin. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So they they started off that, and they that was very militant. Um, they ended up bombing uh, several buildings. They built the they bombed the Capitol building. They bombed the uh, War College for the Navy. Um, they would rob banks um, because they were trying to bring down the capitalist system. Um, and then Susan Rosenberg, who we had talked about earlier, the VP of Tides or the um, Thousand Currents, she actually was involved in a robbery killed a guard and two police officers and was sent to prison. She was supposed to go to prison for, what was it, 56 years? Yeah, something like that. Uh, 59 years, actually. And then, um, but she got pardoned in 2001 by President Bill Clinton. And she then uh, went to work for um, a couple different organizations, but now she's currently with Thousand... uh, Currents. When she's like a VP, she's like yeah, she's up there, right? She's one of the the people, um, which goes along with you know as we were talking about earlier, um, this uh, Asada Shakur, who is a hero of Alicia Garza, one of the founders, and Asada Shakur also was involved in bombings, um, was considered militant, went to j- life in prison for killing two police officers. She was in the Black Liberation Army. Yes, yeah, so. she was in the Black Liberation Army. And actually, Rosenberg, actually, um, they believe, broke um, Asada Shakur out of prison. Yeah, and she, to this day, is yeah, on she, a wanted list. Yeah, and she, she w- flew to Canada, or uh, Cuba. Yeah. So she's hiding out in Cuba. Yeah, she's been on, they've been trying to extradite her forever. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's still at large, I guess you could call her. Um, all this story to say, like like I said, um, Bernadine Dorn mm-hmm. is released. Uh, Bill Ayers is released. Um, what's her name? Su- Susan Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Released. What are they doing today? Are they? I mean, are <laughs> they just just quietly doing their own thing and living living low? No, surely. No, Bill Ayers is is a college professor. He's at a professor. At U of University of Illinois in Chicago, Bernadine Dorn is at Northwest University School of Law, and then, like we said, Suzanne Susan Rosenberg is a VP, VP at this parent organization of the biggest activist group group yeah to really uh, exist Marxist yeah group which yeah. yeah now we know is has Marxist um, yeah. ideologies at its core at the very yeah. least. It, it, and one of the funny things is I took uh, – I was going to be a teacher, and so I took education courses, and uh, Bill Ayers is mentioned very prominently in the education books for his education philosophy. Right. So um, yeah, these guys are teaching this next generation, this yeah. Antifa guy, people that are out there. They've been trained and taught by these college professors that were in the original radical groups. And if you look back at uh... – Again, at the we- SDS and the Weather Underground, and their whole philosophy was to go into uh, schools, high schools to start with, and get these young kids, 18 and younger, who were like kind of the, the fuck the system type kids, the like standing out. Because this was the 60s. Right. Yeah. These, this generation was pushing against the structure, pushing against yeah. authority already. So- um, their whole strategy was to go into the schools yeah. and get these 
these kids that were were fighting against that authority. And then now these prominent figures, again, are in prominent places in the schools. Yeah. So you get the Occupy movements coming out of the schools. You get, I guess if you think Antifa is a movement, it's all that age group. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, and do, do you think somebody that had that strong of ideology, what, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, was to the point where they were blowing right. shit up. overthrow the government. Do you think now, in their current state, in their current position, they've all, all of a sudden had a change of heart and were like, you know what, we were wrong. All this stuff that we stood so strongly right. against, we were completely wrong. Or do you think possibly... They're still holding on to that. Yeah, they're they're teaching it to the next generation. Yes. Um, I had sent this to you before I went on vacation. And um, it was a manifesto that was written in 1963 about uh, communist goals that they had. And it really jives with um, everything that they have going on right now. So um, I'm just going to read a couple of these here. So it says, um, it says, provide American aid to all nations, regardless of communist dom- uh, donate- domination. Um, it says, promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. It is, if a charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one-world government in its own independent armed forces. Uh, resist any attempt to outlaw a communist party. Do away with loyalty oaths. Continue giving Russia access to U.S. patent offices. Um, capture one or both political parties, um, gun control. Um, hey, we don't hear that ever. I know, right? Um, discredit American Constitution, discredit uh, American Founding Fathers. Hey. <laughs> um, says, uh, get get a, um, into the American universities, uh, get a hold of American media. Check, check, yep. check, and check. Yeah. Exactly. Is there any of the, I mean, the UN isn't completely globally controlling, but all of everything following that, uh, (laughs) discredit the founding fathers, discredit the constitution. That's going on constantly, especially right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. We talked about that two weeks ago, both of those. Yeah. Um, Getting into the schools, we're talking about that now. Okay, here's a big one that just popped too. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. (laughs) Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but psychiatrists can understand. Holy shit. Yeah, right? So this is from a Marxist manifesto type. Yeah, if you if you Google 1963 communist agenda, it'll pop. Okay, so more like 2020 communist <laughs> yeah, agenda. Right. Well, I, I want to dig more into these. I really do. We are definitely pushing our time. Um, all this to say, there is so much more than you even think you know in everything we've talked about, especially with something like this. Know what you're donating to. Know what you're supporting. Because, um, like like I said, I, I don't think 99% of these activists are... Um, Oh no! Trying yeah. to push communism right. or Marxism or this agenda—they're yeah. just trying to do a good thing. Yeah, but but you have these people at the center where the money is going mm-hmm. that are following a completely different agenda, and you have these uh, 
heroes of this kind of organization, yeah. these heroes of this kind of activism at the head of this right. or at in these prominent positions in the schools where mm -hmm. where these these activists are coming out of. Yeah. And they're they're pushing it in the schools. We mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. Stuff is being pushed through the, the colleges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, symbolism is huge with these guys. You know, there's they use all kinds of dates, names. You know, it's very, very, very important. You know, BLM is, has significance. I'm curious to know when the Days of Rage were because I'm wondering if there's anything that uh, um, could possibly erupt <laughs> during that time. <laughs> right. What what the exact date was, that's what you want to know? Yeah. Um, I can definitely find that out really fast for you. But... Yeah, um, it, if you look into, like, numerology and stuff like that, you can get really down a crazy rabbit trail um, with sim symbolism, with uh, numbers and the importance of numbers. And uh, some of these people really hold true to it. So mm -hmm. trying to find that Days of Rage. Hang on. Days of Rage occurred... Uh, through the October, no, so it looks like it's in October. Oh, it was for the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. So <laughs> perfect. Hold on, guys, we're on for a ride. Hold on to your butts, <laughs> as uh, <laughs> Samuel from Jurassic yep, Park. <laughs> yep. I'm so, impressed. You don't usually do movie quotes. <laughs> I, I do the ones from the '90s and beyond. But. Okay. Okay. But on that note, we're we're gonna wrap that one up because, um, like I said, any of this, if you just look into it, read, do some reading, and yeah. look into it because there's so much going on that that I wasn't even aware of until we really started digging right. into this, and it just blows my mind. Yeah. But we're gonna transition into our next segment, known as, based on that mu music, the Party Line Patriots. Very nice. So. Party Line Patriots again is we we look for all the the very um, divisive social media posts, mostly memes, the meme warriors, and on either side of the fence that are sticking to their guns, and um, we just poke fun at it a little because it needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, you can't laugh at yourself; you laugh at other people, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's that's my <laughs> motto. I'm pretty sure we only got a couple because we're running out of time, so I'm gonna pull these up really quick. This first one. <laughs> That's just wrong. <laughs> if you can't see this, if you're listening, this is a depiction of Winnie the Pooh. It's got um, Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, uh, Eeyore, Rabbit, and Tigger all in masks. And it, they're labeled Canada, China, Germany, UK, and Fran France. And Piglet, they're standing on this shoreline, pushing Piglet away on a board. <laughs> With a stick, they're just like pushing Piglet's not wearing a mask, and it says USA, and they're just like rejecting Piglet and like pushing poor, him poor to Piglet. his death. Very sad. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wonder why is why is Pooh China? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be some reasoning behind this. That's just a, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, but that's just clearly bashing on the people in the USA that are refusing to wear masks and how the rest of the world is getting their shit together, even though yeah, it's right. recurring in China again. Yeah, right. We're, uh, the world is laughing at us. Yep. And just, as I'm constantly told. Yep. Um, 
So here's another one. <laughs> this says, we saw human behavior at its worst. This is from CTV News, whoever the hell that is. We saw human behavior at its worst. Overcrowding, an issue at Wasaga Beach, Ontario on Canada Day. Wait, they weren't pushing Canada off on the raft? What I the know. hell? Well, Canada was one of the ones pushing <laughs> yeah, us away. Right. Must be Americans up in Canada mm -hmm. celebrating. That's probably We it. saw human behavior at its worst. Worse that than the Holocaust. Is horrible, I am telling you. Worse than genocide. Overcrowding on a beach, not wearing masks. Was, I, I can't even look at Canada the same way. <laughs> I can't either. Man, fuck their maple syrup. Oh, my gosh. It is just ridiculous how um, upsetting this is and how bad humans are because they were at a beach overcrowding yes. on Canada Day, no less. Yes. It is clearly the worst of human beings. <laughs> of all the days on Canada Day? Right. Holy shit. Why aren't they playing hockey? <laughs> exactly. Wow, we're really stereotypical, aren't we? <laughs> I, I, I guess. Like I said, we're assholes. It's a boot time. Look, <laughs> humans do much worse things than not wear masks and go to beaches or set That's off true. fireworks when they're told not That's to. That's true. I, if you're that upset about that, that this is humanity. It's a sheltered life if that's the worst serious. thing you've ever seen. Seriously. I mean, come on. This is freaking ridiculous, and it's just not getting any better. And COVID's spiking again here. California yeah. just decided to shut down again. Yeah. I had to cancel my vacation be that I was planning that to go sucks. to California because everything shut down. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I saw Texas now has mandatory masks if you're not Texas or, yeah, of all state. Two hundred and fifty bucks if you're caught without a mask Holy in Texas. Shit. Yeah. Texas. Uh. uh the most um, right. Lone Star State, yeah. the most Trump supporting state, right? Typically, right? I guess. Well, that's the world we live in. So, um, we're going to wrap this one up. We are pushing it for time. Um, like I said, look into the stuff. I I will post some of the links hopefully in the show notes if I can get to that if I remember. Yeah. Um, and we listed off a couple of them. Look at this stuff on your own. Yeah, a couple uh, other resources if you're interested. Rosenberg actually wrote a book um, called uh, American Radical, Political Prisoner, Prisoner in My Own Country. Um, so I'm sure it gives her details of her outlook. And also yeah. uh, another uh, book that a lot of these radical groups followed was uh, it's called Rules for Radicals, uh, written by Saul Alinsky. And um, it's kind of like a, a Bible for these radical groups and they're their tactics maybe we need to read them and do a recap on the show think so. that'd be fun so we're gonna let you go on that one like i said look up shit on your own think for yourself definitely spread it around yes talk for yourself yep and do your own research check everything yes definitely um don't take our words for it because we are not yeah i had a couple wrong incredible. ones tonight so that's all right <laughs> but uh, like we're sharing this with you as we kind of stumble across it so um like you said, we can't believe some people haven't heard of Jeffrey Epstein. Right. So imagine how many people haven't heard some of this other shit we've got into. We get people saying, like, on the 1984 episode, oh, yeah. wow, I've never never put that into perspective before. Yeah, blew and, my mind. And it's stuff, like, for me, that's how kind of my mind works all the time. Yeah. So it's hard for me to think that not everybody thinks like that because right. my mind is just insane. Yeah. And I just journey down rabbit holes. Yeah. But there's plenty of people out there that 
I, I guarantee, because I hadn't heard of any of this stuff until we really started digging into right. it. Yeah. With all these like activist movements of the 60s. So look for yourself. We are just kind of directing you where to kind yeah. of get some information, but definitely research it on your own. We're going to let you go. Again, never stop talking. Spread it around. Spread around um, what you find because, I mean, that that's how this information is going to get out. That's how um, organizations that are what some people might consider evil at the core can possibly be stopped because... Right, education, knowledge. Because of knowledge, yeah. Knowledge is power. So keep talking and then join us back here next week. Check out our social media pages and um, hit us up if you if you have anything interesting to say or you just want to um, comment on some of the stuff we're talking about. Just hit us up. And we're going to let you go. Anything from the masses? Nothing from the masses. All right. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Again, we got Remzo Martinez on, um, best-selling author, podcaster, and journalist on next week. So uh, come back for that. That's going to be a good one. Don't miss it. All right. Have a good week.